All right. Good morning. Good afternoon or good evening, everyone. If you'll forgive us, we have a couple screens going here. So if we don't uh, glance the the appropriate or proper way, as, as at least I initially planned to forgive me, but um, we're doing our best to do an in-person joint um, scientific analysis and crack in a little bit of a hybrid of both in which Riel has so graciously and gratefully prepared today's stories and uh, and uh, articles lined up for us. So without further ado, Riel, how you doing? And uh, what are we looking at today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Dave. I'm really excited for this special in-person presentation. This is really cool. Um, we haven't done the Kraken in about a week. Today's date is September 30th, 2022. And yeah, without further ado, we're going to get into it. Uh, it is a hybrid of so some science, mostly updates on what's going on in the world. But Dave, you've got the first story. Sure. According to CNN.com, Vladimir Putin has granted former NSA contractor Edward Snowden Russian citizenship. I saw when this story first was um, at least published in, in the various outlets that it was. I noticed that, um, at least to me personally, um, there seemed to be a strategic angle to this. And what I saw with this was that very simply for me, I'm sure there are many things going on behind the scenes that, you know, it's... It, one can only hyper speculate on at this point, but I think Putin was waiting to pull this metaphorical trigger, if you will, with respect to granting uh, Snowden citizenship, almost as if he sort of said to himself, this is a potential tool, strategical tool, uh, intelligence tool in my metaphorical toolbox to potentially use against the West. So why should I grant him full citizenship, say, you know, three, four years ago, especially when Putin is saying, okay, again, these, these, in my humble opinion, these um <clears throat> these conflicts don't come out of nowhere. Behind the scenes, there's always a foreseeable, we could say, path of what's going to happen. And again, it's quite possible what we see occurring within Ukraine right now and elsewhere is something that Putin so foresaw as a potential outcome, perhaps, as many of these countries have think tanks that do that. And he probably said to himself, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but in my opinion, he probably said, why make him a citizen right now when I can wait till the West does something to me first or something like this, whether legitimate or otherwise and then I'll, I'll pull this metaphorical trigger and i think that's the situation we have here now i'm just speculating i could be wrong i'm trying to view this from a strategical perspective uh, you know behind the scenes but that's that's where i stand on this yeah and just to add on there we see that uh he's already been given permanent residency in russia and we also see that snowden has a child who was born in the russian federation and received russian citizenship at birth I yeah. So exactly what Dave is saying. This is definitely a multi-dimensional, multi-angle operation. And I just find it very fascinating that it's happening at this time. And we'll see if Snowden's going to be disclosing any more uh, bombshell reports or leaks, anything like that. Thumb to me, thumb in the eye to the West from mm. Putin. And again, just another uh, strategical move amongst uh, many others in various other areas, whether it's cyber hacking, whether it's passing laws, it, it, it's strategy all over, in my opinion. Right on. So on to the next story. We have Queen Elizabeth II's cause of death revealed as hundreds line up in Windsor to pay respects. So what was the cause of death? Um, for the first time since her death, we see the document was signed by the Queen Elizabeth's daughter and the certificate says that she died of old age. Well, that was worth the wait, I guess. Uh, really, there's not much more to get into with this. I just find it fascinating that that is actually the list especially given what we have with the CV pandemic, where you have somebody with many, many comorbidities 
and they have one specific underlying death as why what happened and that's the reason so right i'm su- i'm kind of surprised that they didn't at least also mention that she had contracted something you know, a few weeks ago but anyway this is really almost like a nothing burger story just funny to mention that that is the big hullabaloo cause of death on to the next one I couldn't agree more, by the way, with respects to the queen passing. It comes to the point where it's it's hyper speculation. And mm. to, to your point, it's enough to, to point that out. But then after that, it's a uh, speculation. So mm-hmm. according to ScienceDaily.com, social media experiment reveals potential to, quote, inoculate and quote, millions of users against misinformation. The uh, summary, uh, according to the University of Cambridge, is according again to ScienceDaily.com, briefly exposing social media users to the tricks behind misinformation boosts awareness of harmful online online falsehoods even amid intense noise of the world's second most visited website google is set to deploy an anti-disinformation campaign based on the findings for me it's very simple from a multi-pronged perspective this is a strategical over um, overarching dare i say metaphorical dragnet a dragnet in an attempt to in my opinion psychologically dragnet uh the, the people of the west and i and i only say this because of the fact that i mean i don't think it takes much these days to um think outside of the box and then observe and or quote unquote play within it in the sense of when we look, for example, at this, these, these terms pertaining to what's being implemented, to what extent and who is going to determine what is or isn't misinformation? Uh, for me, it's very simple. It's very, very simple. So it's kind of like, again, um, I, 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 some have said I take it too far with this example. Some have said I'm on the money with it, which speaks to the, the I guess you could say the polarization of opinion, but it gets to the point where it's like, what are we going to be doing? Uh, surveilling uh, phone calls at this point? Because what someone says on the phone may not be accurate relative to what someone else says. And again, if we're really doing a rabbit hole deep dive, implementing a bit of scientific analysis here, quantum physics tells us that reality is only as real as the individual observing it. So again, I, I, I know... These are different, I guess, levels in which we're viewing it from. One is more philosophical and more rabbit holy than the other. But ultimately, I, I I can think of personally more reasons against this than for this. And I don't say that in a in a politically motivated manner, but that that's where I stand. Right on, Dave. And I just wanted to add on that uh, mentioning the Jigsaw, which is a unit within Google dedicated to tackling threats to open societies. Like that's its own deep dive that we can get into. And this article is actually very fascinating and could be really its own like special episode, which may or may not happen. But uh, yeah, we're kind of going to be breezing more through these. So we're not doing such a deep dive today, but super interesting and great take on that, Dave. Uh, next one, and notice the segue from that article to this article. Creator of the Johns Hopkins COVID Tracker wins top U.S. Science Award. Tracker launched by U.S. Professor Lauren Gardner in early days of the corona outbreak credited with informing global response. And, you know, there's a lot that we can say. We definitely have to be careful because this is YouTube. But the thing that caught my attention the most is this passage here, if you're following along through the video, I'm going to highlight the next day, the duo launched an early prototype mapping the number of confirmed cases. At the time, just 322 infections had spread across East Asia. Where have we seen that number 322 before? Well, I'm just going to show you Wikipedia, the skull and bones. Number 322, skull and bones. What's that? Well, it's also known as the Order or the Brotherhood of Death. An, undergra- an undergraduate senior secret student society at Yale University. It's just like, huh, what 
what are the odds that this number was the number that inspired the whole app to be created, which led her winning, ended up winning this award. What are the odds that that is the same number used in that? I, uh, I have one comment, if I may, on this, for me, it's quite simple. I, um, to those that are familiar with this and I forgive me to those that are not in the know, I don't mean to mean, be cryptic, but there are certain things that I, I, I don't want to take the chance of saying, but I also do want to say it as well. So I try, I tried to find a, a middle ground as Riel was so elegantly covering this for me. It's quite simple. I say a few words, quantum potential, mm -hmm. as well as, um, uh, Lee and Yang. I'll leave, I'll leave it there mm -hmm. for the, for those that know, they'll know. But mm -hmm. in other words, that's if for those that want my take on that story, I, I, I'm going to leave that there. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing is that according to ctvnews.ca, Pfizer CEO tests positive for COVID for a second time. Uh, we see here the Pfizer Inc. Uh, chief executive officer, Albert Borla said on Saturday, he had tested positive for COVID. And I quote, I'm feeling well and symptom free End quote Borla said in a statement, uh, 60 years old is uh, back in August had contacted uh, COVID and had started a course of the company's oral COVID antiviral treatment called Pax Paxlovid. Paxlovid is an antiviral medication that is used to treat high-risk people such as older patients. And Borla has received four wow four do <laughs> four doses of the COVID vaccine developed by Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech. So, again, I'm I'm um I really do mean it when I say um you know all sarcasm and what have you aside. I genuinely mean it when on my end uh, when I say to the audience. I don't mean to persuade or dissuade one in one direction or the other. This comes down to a personal choice. I only the only thing I encourage is for the information and data to be available to everyone so they can think for themselves in this particular regard. That's that's where I stand. Um, yeah, that's really all we need to get into with that. I just I only have really sarcastic things to say, so <laughs> I'm not going to. But these next few articles, we've got uh, the covering the CV because we haven't done the Kraken in over yeah. a week. So next story is. Canada is dropping travel mask mandate and ending CV-19 border and quarantine restrictions. This is as of September 26th from CTV News. So the federal government has announced it is dropping all border restrictions regarding CV-19 for anyone entering Canada, including proof of vaccination, quarantine and isolation requirements, as well as all pre or on arrival CV testing. And they are also making the Arrive Can app optional as well as lifting the mask mandate and health check requirements for travelers on planes and trains. Uh, and it is declared effective October 1st. So to, as the day we're recording it, that is going to be tomorrow. I I mean, I, I'm surprised this didn't happen earlier. I yeah. don't, I, to be yeah. honest with you, I mean, I... I, I, my, my, my take is very simply behind the scenes. A lot of private businesses le leaned on the Trudeau cabinet and said, like, listen, we're, we're going to go on to year three at this point. Like, what, what are we doing here in terms of, you know, uh, we clearly see, I'm going to watch what I say because of YouTube, but you folks know where I'm going to go with this. And I really don't mean to be sarcastic or derogative or anything like this, but at the same time, again, uh, we see here, and I quote, Duclos also said the government is leaving open, quote, all possible options, end quote, in terms of reinstating public health measures if needed. Uh, facing his own questions during a separate press conference on the latest post-Fiona Atlantic Canada cleanup efforts, Trudeau stopped short of saying that the pandemic is over, as U.S. President Joe Biden has said and quite often actually though he said that what experts have told the federal government is okay experts is that these quote these border measures were no longer effective or no longer justified in the circumstance that we're in right now end quote 
I get frustrated only because folks, I do get a little bit uh, emotionally passionate here because as a Canadian there, I had some extreme complications, not just in the last month, but in the last three to six months, really with respects to my own travel uh, arrangements and things like this, because of things uh, such as this. Now, with that said, I know there is a health factor, but I think, uh, again, going on to almost year three it, it, of, of this situation, if you will, that's called COVID, I there's too much in my opinion if you just look at the raw data there's too much conflicting data and i don't mean that in a in a in an attempt to stir up controversy but for me personally i know you folks like to hear my take there's too much conflicting data for me to 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 really go in the direction of the personally the you know certain things work and, and what have you so i'm going to leave that there cuz i don't want to get nicked off of youtube but that's pretty much yeah i uh, totally agree next up we have covid raises risk of long term brain injury large U.S. study finds. So just uh, going into this, it, I have the general question of uh, COVID itself or all of the ramifications, all the consequences, all the health orders, all the lockdowns, all of the stress, all the economic hardship, all of the things altogether seems obvious that it would uh, risk of long-term brain injury, but the specific disease or virus itself is you know, that's kind of up to that's you have it, the article mentioned 6.6 .6 million Americans estimated to have uh, uh, brain mm. impairments there for me, at least there's that etymologically and all of this onto lot there's there's the six six again, but overall, I mean, I will tell you that from my perspective, I my my perspective is going to get me banned, so I'm not gonna correct. That's I'm also we're just covering these because these are on the mainstream news, but these are ones that you know for the for the member the people that see just the public side. We can go a lot deeper into this on our Patreon and on the Zoom calls that we have, where we don't have to worry about being nicked or right. uh, following these community guidelines. Right. And just to continue on with the CV uh, tangent here, we got I think two more, and then we're on to the good stuff. According to CNN, people experience some key personality changes during the pandemic study finds. Yeah, as well as people who go to prison. So like, I, I don't so I mean, and, and let me putting the joke part aside, let me just say as well that I, I really do mean it that when I look at this, again, I, I, I can't help but again, think of Trump as you will, but I can't help but think of what he said a couple years ago when he said, the cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. I mean, I to me, that's what I see when I look at this, for example, because then it, the question becomes to what degree, to what volume, to what frequency, and to what dare I even say, to what extent did this, did these um, personality impacts and mental health issues have on people because they were inside or because the world changed due to COVID, if you see what I mean. So that that's, that's where I, that's where I go. Yeah, and just to give a bit of some details on this, uh, they explain that extroversion, agreeableness, and conscientiousness all declined in the U.S. population in the years following the pandemic, specifically in young adults. Could that have been part of the goal? But Could that have been part of the intention? Uh, but then we go on to see at the bottom here that they say, since there wasn't a control group or other explanations were not examined, this professor, Brent Roberts, a professor of psychology at the University of Illinois, says it's hard to say whether for sure the pandemic caused these changes. So even though this is front news on CNN, we just do, even on their own article, they say that there wasn't a control group and other explanations were not examined. So we even see that the, art of the way that it's slanted is to make you think a certain way 
And hopefully you basically don't read the actual article and just read the headline and go on to the next. Right. And also one last thing, it says researchers. I, I don't... I will be sarcastic, but also serious. I want to know what qualifies these researchers to be more, um, you know, validatable than us. And and I don't mean us as in just Riel and myself. I also include those listening right now and or watching what I don't understand the um, and I'm again, I am being a little sarcastic, but I'm also being genuinely serious when when CNN says they're researchers. OK, what what makes their quote unquote researchers and not just CNN, I, I, I'll i say the same thing about even Fox News, to be fair. What makes their researchers more valid than you, me, you name it. So that's, yeah. They get paid more. <laughs> that's that, that I think, I think that's for sure. Um, so the next story is that according to ctvnews.ca, DNA evidence shows ancient artificial islands in Scotland and Ireland were elite centers of power. Again, again, we, I'm, I don't know where to start with this. <laughs> yeah. This is its own fascinating uh, topic. And I, I chose this because they're recognizing that elite centers of power artificial islands so these islands were built they didn't occur naturally and then elite powers thousands of years ago up until 4000 bc were elite centers of power i i can't help but think that this may or may not fall into play with respects to again i know it's a it's a you could say scattered um depiction or chronology but whether it's with the 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 anunnaki as it's been referred to or anki and enlil I think there's something there that a lot of these stories seem to, or a lot of these articles seem to obfuscate that may in fact have been part of the original findings when the archaeologists themselves discovered this. So that that that's that's where I go and with this in in particular. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to choose this because I have a personal fascination with archaeology, anthropology, human history, where we come from, how long we've been here, and so this is just like a, a bare surface example of something appears in the mainstream news that's actually recognizing that there are elite centers of power creating artificial islands right right on to the next one here we have from ctv news watch the moment nasa rammed a spacecraft into an asteroid we're not going to play this article but this is from or that video but this is from september 27th where a high-speed nasa spacecraft uh veered toward an asteroid on monday and rammed into the rock deliberately I personally did watch it and I rewatched it and I struggle to understand a few basic aspects about it. Like where are the stars? Where it, I, I know that they say it's about a camera lens, but this whole gimmick of NASA putting out these videos, never a straight answer and not a space agency. I, <laughs> I want to, I want to uh, first thing my mind goes to is, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, again, you folks want to hear my take, uh, an, an attempt to rewrite history um, publicly. Uh, I think this is something that, that was done shortly after World War II, if not during World War II, believe it or not, and far beyond this. And what I mean by that is, when I say this, I mean landing a spacecraft on an asteroid. And I, I don't mean to be sarcastic. I don't mean to be the type of guy oh, saying, oh, they've they've always had it or what have you. I I genuinely mean it, folks, when I say I, I think we're, what we're seeing here is a potential attempt at reshaping or retelling the last 70 years, give or take. Mm. And then to add, I think that this also plays perfectly into the uh, ET disclosure agenda, where we are meant to think that there are threats from outer space. And the asteroid narrative is the segue into the alien narrative of needing to unify global governments to militarize space to thwart uh, an extraterrestrial attack. 
So according to Werner von Braun, who told Carol Rawson on his deathbed, allegedly, there's like a five-point plan, and uh, asteroids are the second last uh, of stage it. of that plan. So just seeing this happen right now, very auspicious given what's going on with the UAP uh, narrative. I'd like to mention as well very quickly that I don't rule out the fact that there may be one or more factions, particularly from the military industrial complex, attempting to sh shape a narrative in this mm. regard. I would just be vigilant to those watching or listening and say, uh, keep in mind, there. I, I'm of the humble opinion, there, there are more factions that don't want that to happen per se. But again, I, I could be wrong. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the next thing is that according to the JerusalemPost.com, a new island emerges in the Pacific Ocean following a volcanic eruption. The brand new island located southwest of Tongan Island will more than likely be short lived. NASA's Earth Observatory said, I am again, I big picture, I'm going to go right back to the quantum potential Li and Yang thing that I'm going to leave that there because I, I think the um, I, I, I think that yeah the, yeah How yeah yeah fair enough and and i like this article because we're told about uh the waters rising and uh land masses sinking but right. there's an alternative perspective on what's going on due to quote-unquote climate change and it's actually about land rising and that's its own fascinating like alternative rabbit hole to go down about what is happening from these natural disasters and here we have it just like we saw before, artificial islands, here we have an island emerging, and then also goes into ancient civilizations and previously sunken continents or civilizations. How many things are going to actually be coming up from underwater, and we're going to find, oh, snap, there, there was a whole continent that we haven't even been told about. Right, right. So that's where I go with that one. I couldn't agree more. Also, I just want to mention as well that image right there, that spi that spiral and that oh. concept of a of a toroid field, particularly for for the members. I would want to point that out there. The um, volcano was seen exploding. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's and just the island. Uh, actually, this uh, last part of this article says small islands also formed in earlier eruptions recorded in the area in 1852 and 1857. Now I'm just going to want to corroborate those dates with archaics and see if that lines up with any Phoenix events or stuff like that. Uh, for those that are watching, if you know, then you know. But otherwise, we'll uh, Even you'll be hearing more about that stuff uh, very soon. Potentially along the timeline of a Tartaria type uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, civilization. Yeah. Um, the next thing is that according to Al Jazeera.com, the European Union slams the Russia annexation, quote, votes, end quote, in four Ukraine regions. Uh, Borrell, the bloc's foreign policy chief, has de denounced the referendums and their falsified outcome. I again, I'm going to be honest with you folks, where I personally go here is that unless I'm on the ground myself, I, I can't speak in either direction, uh, to tell you the truth. I mean, you're gonna have one side accusing the other of fraud, the other side saying, well, the people wanted it. I, I this is that same push pull duality duopoly, you name it. Um, uh, as above, so below, if you even want to take it that far. So that I mean, again, if I'm not there myself, it for me, at least it's pure hyper speculation. And one side is always going to be looking to exploit the other from a strategical intelligence angle. Absolutely. And just for those that, because we haven't really reported on this since it happened, but the situation at hand is where the Kremlin, so the Russian government, installed authorities in Donetsk, Luhansk, Kherson, and Zaporizhia, which are Russian-controlled regions that together make up about 15% of Ukraine's landmass. Russia claimed victory on Tuesday in annexation votes, sparking global outrage. And the voting percentages, it's like 98, 93 to 98% of all the people that voted, voted in favor of joining Russia, just like what happened in Crimea, 
And the context here is that those regions primarily are Russian speaking. So it's just like the Crimean thing. And of course, NATO and the East, or sorry, NATO and the West are going to say that this is illegal. It's not allowed. You have to recognize Ukraine's sovereignty. So it's just a back and forth. And I find that Al Jazeera is at least a nice balance between, because if you read Russia today, it's totally slanting it one way versus right. CNN and CBC slanted a completely other way. So it is, as Dave said, it's kind of, they said this, they said that, and you just got to discern what you feel is right. But um, I also think if I made the, um, I think as well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, please real correct me if I'm wrong, if you happen to know this, I believe Brazil, India, uh, if I'm not mistaken, China, and a couple other nations at the United Nations Council abstained from um, this particular from voting uh, for or against this particular uh, annexation or referendum, which led some to speculate again, America and NATO versus the world, if you will. Um, I, I haven't read specifically about what was brought up at the UN, but we do have an article. Uh, we can just actually do go this now. Sure. Where uh, China and India call for negotiated way out of Ukraine war. This is from Al Jazeera from September 25th. China and India have called for a negotiated end to the Ukraine war at the United Nations, stopping well short of robust support for traditional ally Russia. So this is very interesting because this has also been brought up recently on the Joe Rogan podcast about that Russia, or that the Western countries straight up had said to Ukraine, do not negotiate, do not uh, yeah, settle. Right. You need to fight your way out of this and you need to beat Russia and we will supply you with all the weapons that it takes. And, I and Ukraine think, just says, yeah, sure. Right. And I think the EU was stuck in the middle, like literally between a rock and a hard place because of the gas, the energy issues. And, mm -hmm. and you know, Putin turned the tap off, if you will. And mm -hmm. and and the EU is sort of in, in the middle uh, between, you know, leaning uh, pressure from the West. But fascinating that the Chinese foreign minister here, Wang, uh, Wang Yi, called on Russia and Ukraine to, quote, keep the crisis from spilling over and from affecting developing countries. Now this, uh, I've always been fascinated with how the BRICS alliance countries handle conflict versus the Western countries handle right, conflict. Right. Yes, obviously Russia and China handle things in their own countries in very brutal ways, if you especially yeah. if you disagree with them, but they generally keep it rather domestic. Whereas the Western countries, if you disagree with them, they're gonna take you out from a transnational operation or a military uh, covert Cool. Even to your point, even if you don't go that far, even if we take it to the point of you have, say, for example, a, a dare I say, political dissident, dissident relative to not agreeing with the two main parties, Republican or Democrat, it's just immediate outcrying to all the other uh, allies of America, like, oh, don't let them do business here or there. It's like, what? again, if, the, you know, mm -hmm, so... Mm -hmm. Um, the next thing is that, again, according to Al Jazeera, China's President Xi uh, makes first public appearance after coup rumors, uh, rumors of house arrest put uh, to rest as President <laughs> Xi Jinping attends an exhibition in Beijing before the governing Communist Party summit. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. Um, I OK, so here's the thing, and I quote. She has been absent from the public eye since he returned to China from a summit in Uzbekistan, driving unsubstantiated speculations of military coups in Beijing, end quote. Now, what's interesting about all of this is that for me, I look at this, I, do I know honestly if, as to whether or not there may be some coups stirring up or what have you? There's a, a leader, and I don't say this in a good nor bad way, but a, when you're at the, I guess you could say when you're on the throne, someone's always trying to take it from you, irregardless of the position, largely. Um, un, 
even though one could argue that if you ensure as a leader, everyone eats literally or financially or both in both regards, there would be less of a chance of that. But what I'm getting at he uh, here ultimately is that this could also be potentially an intelligence operation to deliberately start a rumor about there being a coup when there really isn't in order to see if any anyone who was um, not fully loyal to the CCP would perk up, join a fictional rebellion, if you will, when in reality that it, that rebellion was really an intel op or counter intel op that's where my mind goes absolutely and that's there are so many different ways to perceive this and yeah that's that's a great perspective dave and i i wonder about that too you could be weeding out people that uh he was he simply like uh that are trying to that aren't aren't loyal to the cause right. with whatever right. the cause is that uh xi jinping has been pushing on to the next one. Here we have the United States relaxes internet sanctions on Iran in support of protesters. The U.S. Treasury expands Iran sanctions exemptions to social media platforms, video conferencing, and cloud services. Now we covered this in the last crack, and where we see that uh, the there there was an individual, a female, that got uh, arrested by the morale police of Iran because she wasn't following the dress code that the government is implementing. She got arrested and died in custody. So that sparked massive protests in Iran, but also pushed for pro-government protests. So now, of course, that the U.S. is relaxing internet sanctions because what a perfect opportunity to plant, to create division, to push arguable uh, disinformation or misinformation through their online uh social media campaigns like that's that's to me is what is exactly going to be going on i i that's exactly where my mind goes as well again this speaks to the whole you know duopoly and push pull angle as above so below of life really you can apply this mathematically you can apply this in intelligence perspective you can apply this philosophically ontologically you name it um ethically morally all of that because what you have is of course you have okay sanctions be uh, excuse me the um censorship if you will via iran's you know uh, network being relaxed but what's the what's you know what's what's the what's the other angle to that that's not in our faces that is not being pushed or maybe what is what are the multiple angles to that so and just to like this whole situation obviously iran handles things in ways that i you know i wouldn't agree with it's a totally different culture uh not on the ground so i can't say but i just want to quote something that biden said at the u.n general assembly UNGA probably 77, I think it would have been, quote, today we stand with the brave citizens and the brave women of Iran who right now are demonstrating to secure their basic rights. And I just find this kind of laughable that they're suddenly supporting uh, democratic rights and values and all that when we're kind of on the heel end of uh, perpetual lockdowns and forced inoculation or sorry, voluntary uh, inoculations and all that. But yeah, I my mind goes there as well. I, I yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we already covered this one. So actually, here we go. Pacific nation leaders in Washington as the United States seeks to deepen ties. The U.S. is elevating its engagement with the Pacific as Beijing increases its presence in the region. So this is fascinating to me because it's just clearly they're trying to get cozy in, uh, cozy with the leaders of the geopolitical area surrounding China and Taiwan. It also, you, you may throw in a couple spies in there as well too absolutely yeah 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 um, and that, that that can go both ways as well to be clear i don't mean to lean against of course. Uh, lean against or for one side or the other yeah uh i didn't have the article but uh the japanese government just kicked out a spy that they, ah. they caught and so that's that's going to be on the next kraken but uh yeah very this one is just i like uh there's an 18 country group secretary general 
So the 18-country group has a secretary general who's a former prime minister in the Cook Islands, but just so you know, it's 18 countries that were involved mm. there. So they wanted to exclude nine, but they, yeah, well, that's uh, just an interesting one. Um, it's just a perfect example of the geopolitics of world orders and how they're all trying to recruit right. certain, certain uh, factions to join them. But yeah, really not not a whole lot but the next thing is according to military.com the air forces and of course we start with the air forces new 66 million special warfare training center there we have 66 again we'll have mixed gender facilities um i, I my i i don't know where to start with this particularly pertaining to the the air force if i'm not mistaken has always had the most uh, budget appropriations and funding and things like this and again there's the the influence that the air force has had and i don't mean to throw the baby out with the bathwater when saying that you know i don't mean to uh, allude or presume or assume whatsoever that everyone at the air force is i guess you could say uh are, are not hard workers and and what have you I, I respect their service immensely my my concern is more so with the upper echelon levels of the air force um, particularly the, the united states air force and i'm sure many of you uh know why probably one of the reasons why you came to this channel so ultimately my mind goes there um of course there's you know six six again we see this con this concept of neurological form constants and this idea of i guess you could say non-tangible energies phenomenons you name it being able to influence people consciously or subconsciously via stories like this so that's where my mind goes personally and just this is from military.com so this is a very mainstream is, website right uh and also just to bring into attention the mixed gender facilities well that goes into a certain narrative that we're seeing that's uh widespread around the world with which gender do, do you associate with how do you identify yourself and also connected to the military in canada and the u.s struggling to find people and the idea that there is a certain agenda to specifically weaken the defenses of certain countries. Right. And this, you know, this seems like it's kind of creating some sort of a destructive implosion, not right. a non-destructive implosion, but right. an actual destructive implosion to create a weaker defense overall. Right. And right. it's got a weird angle talk uh, related to the sexual assault allegations that are going on in both the American and the Canadian military. How is a mixed gender facility going to help that? But we'll, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the, the next one we have from Science Daily, an ocean inside the earth, water hundreds of kilometers down. So the summary of this article from September 26th says, the transition zone between the Earth's upper and lower mantle contains considerable quantities of water, according to an international study. The research team analyzed a rare diamond formed 660 meters below the Earth's surface using techniques called Raman spectroscopy and FTIR spectrometry. The study confirmed something that for a long time was only a theory. Namely, that the ocean water accompanies subducting slabs and thus enters the transition zone. This means that our planet's water cycle includes the Earth's interior. As if it's a spiral? As if it's a... Mm. It's, I, I mean, I, I... Yeah. Well, for me, this goes into uh, the hollow Earth idea. That right, there are right. caverns, that there's uh, subterranean and there layers, there's underground military bases, there's civilizations inside the Earth, and here we have it. It's like, yeah, that's what the, the water, study concludes. The, the concentric rings of that water seem Absolutely, to allude yeah. to there being, again, different categories mm -hmm. or, or layers in that regard and something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. No, I but, I mean, to, to tell you the truth, folks, we, we, we dive into this both publicly and more so on the member side, and that's 
where my mind goes overall. These are this is nothing new to to us. Correct. Per se. Yeah. I just find it fascinating that oh, mainstream science yeah. is now uh, now recognizing right. this. Well, that's cool. Right. And speaking of stuff that we go deep into on the Patreon side, I'll let you take this. Sure. One. Thank you so much. ScienceDaily.com quote twisty end quote photons could turbocharge next gen quantum communications. Teams on chip technology out of the Stevens Institute of Technology uses orbital angular momentum to encode more information into a single photon. I don't even want to get started. <laughs> that is, I mean, I, I fully believe they're doing what they say they're doing, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I okay. Maybe you can give a little bit about like twist. I mean, like you just mentioned the spirals, right? So like twisty, like that's just a twisty photon instead of, I guess, like I, this is pretty new to me, but I just know that this is consistent with the, the content that Dave is constantly researching and connecting for the uh, Patreon side of things more so than the public because it's kind of groundbreaking science that they haven't quite breached yet. They haven't quite really made the shift over, okay, but we're honestly, seeing the shift, the paradigm shift in real my, time. My opinion to that point is that they're using the terms angular momentum because they want to do away with string theory without doing away with string theory mm. because they want to keep the people on the public that are not in on the know confused using string theory. And again, I could be wrong, but that's why they use the words angular momentum. If I if I said I, I wish I could give a hint. The thing is, is that it's so goddamn simple. It's not even a hint. I, I it's, yeah, yeah. So just to we'll, we'll read a passage from this article so that you know the layman sure, of our channel sure. we can help understand. It says encoding information into orbital angular momentum radically increases the information that can be transmitted. Uh, Ma explained, leveraging twisty photons could boost the bandwidth of a quantum communication tool enabling them to transmit data far more quickly i it, it's a it's a toroid field yeah He's exactly just, it, this goes into everything that dan winter has left yeah. us on on our channel and yeah uh, yeah, I wish it's good to see that there's this actual shift happening unless, as Dave said, maybe it's to just confuse people. But it oh, seems I'm, like I'm sure there's a bit, I think a little bit of both. I think mm -hmm. the shift is happening. I think what we're seeing sort of cut you off is yeah. the introduction of the application based side of this technology without the theoretical suturing uh, on the academic side. And dare I say, uh, or hypothesize that's been deliberate, because if you can't get it to the academics to then take time to think, formulate their models, to then explain the models to practical engineering development, you've skipped over a whole step almost as if it was deliberate. So yeah, well, so I know we've got a bit of a timeline, because we've got a call coming up. But so we got time for a few more articles. Sure. Uh, so here, yeah, this is all you again. Sure. Science Thank you. One. So according to phys.org, scientists see spins in a 2D magnet. All magnets from the simple souvenirs hanging in your refrigerator to the disks that give your computer memory to the power powerful versions used in research labs contain spinning quasi-particles called magnons. The direction one magnon spins can influence that of its neighbor, which affects the spin of its neighbor and so on, yielding what are known as spin waves. Information can potentially be transmitted via spin waves more efficiently than with electricity and magnons can serve as quantum interconnects that glue quantum bits together okay but that my opinion they cracked this stuff in the 50s of course yeah yeah and i just yeah. and by the way if we scroll down a little more we'll see that uh in a new article in nature zoo and collaborators at columbia the university of washington new york university and here again Oak Ridge National Laboratory under the Department of Energy, which speaks to, again, the National mm -hmm. Science Foundation, mm -hmm. DOE, mm -hmm. all of that. Again, we, we see where, where it's coming from, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. It, 
Yes. Yeah. And, oh, uh, and sorry, can, can we scroll down a little bit yeah, more yeah. to the very bottom? There we go. So we see in the, the final uh, second final paragraph from here, the researchers plan to explore the CRSBR's quantum information potential, as well as other material candidates. And I quote, we are exploring the quantum properties of several 2D materials that you can stack like papers to create all kinds of new physical phenomena, Zeus said, end quote. Remember what I said to you a month and a half ago about stacking books? Yes. It's the same. That's, oh. It's that. It's the same thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I wanted to point out here that they mention the, the spin waves where the spin of one item affects the spin of its neighbor, which is, I, I can't remember the term, but you were mentioning that earlier from an article, uh, not like quantum entanglement or quantum connection, Cooper, but Cooper pairs. Okay. Yeah, sure. Something like uh, that, but ang I angular momentum. Yeah, yeah, probably you're, you got more of the sciencey terms, but yeah, that's, and I just would like to apply that idea to like, okay, if you got one person spinning, for example, now the next person beside them is being affected by that spin. So how, what does that go into with information, with energy, with subliminal messaging? Well, or that, with... that goes, that goes right back to, to, to optics and physics and, and yeah. light and information and sound and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got a few more. We can, we can breeze those, uh, breeze through these pretty quickly, actually. Uh, from Al Jazeera, the church linked to Abe's killing Japan's political troubles. So controversy erupts after Shinzo Abe's assassin says he killed the former leader over his support for a predatory South Korean religious cult. Now, that's a fascinating narrative and story, um, but there's probably a lot more to it. But just to have this come out makes me wonder about what's going on in South Korea, because that was actually one of the big stories that came out years ago, where uh, a the headline actually read that a cabal is running South Korea linked right, right. to a religious cult. So I just find that fascinating how what's going on behind the scenes and the the, the geopolitics of world orders are geopolitical, they're religious, they're militarized. And uh, we also know that the that the the uh, assassin himself was from the Japanese Navy. Right. So yep. there's the potential of mind control, Manchurian candidate. Right, right. I don't, I yeah. have no comment on this one. Yeah, fair enough. I just thought that this was a fascinating development. Um, I'm just going to get through these two ones because they're very, sure. uh, they're connected here. But first one is from the Jerusalem Post of Kazakhstan says it won't recognize referendums in Eastern Ukraine. The same referendums we uh, reported on earlier in this. Mm -hmm. And the president says that uh, he calls for the resolution of the Ukrainian conflict in line with the UN Charter. Okay, sure. What, you know, we, we don't need to go into the UN Charter at this point, but what is the UN? What makes them think that they have the rights? Blah, blah, blah. But the next story to connect with this one is the Kazakh leader Tokayev calls snap presidential election. The vote will cut Tokayev's current term, but will give him a longer second term after a recent constitutional reform changed it to changed it to seven years from five. So like talking about respecting a charter, right. just the, the same, the, a different leader of the same country changes the constitution so he can rule more, calls a snap <laughs> election, but then his, you know, political counterpart calls out what Russia is doing about the, the referendums in Ukraine. So I find this uh, very interesting, especially because Kazakhstan recently went through a revolt that happened overnight on January 6th around that, around that time and not talk about 2020, but I'm talking about 2022, whatever year we're in. And the leader of that country, who is a, he had been leading for 30 years, was kicked out. And mm -hmm. all of his cronies were kicked out. Right. And it's a whole, and, and the new, the Western country uh, no, uh, media didn't cover this no, at all. Right. 
Right. So exactly. just, those find that very interesting for us to understand what's going on geopolitically. But anything else you want no, to add? To no, this one? very okay. well said. Yeah. Right on. The what? next thing is that according to JerusalemPost.com, swastika wearing gunman kills 13 at Russian school. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm going to leave this here because mm -hmm. just because it happened in Russia doesn't make it any different, in my opinion, uh, with respects to the overall loss of life. If it were, say, in America or Canada or Europe, you name it, loss of life is loss of life here regardless. So it's very unfortunate. Could we go into hyper speculation on, again, potential, um, I guess you could say, technologies harnessed to allow or disallow things like this occurring and all of that i i sure but again it would be just hyper speculation at this point so I'm, i would leave that there yeah and i just found this uh yeah obviously it's very disturbing but the points of interest would be the fact that they're saying that it was a uh, somebody that supported neo-nazi ideology and the fact that this is happening in russia when Russia themselves have said that they want to go into Ukraine to denazify right. Ukraine. Right. So this is a very complex and and especially because we're reading this from the Jerusalem Post, right. which of all art, which of all media outlets in the world should be, you know, talking about this situation because of the context of World War II and everything right. that's going on. Right. So yeah, very heavy story there, but just this is from this is another middle ground media outlet instead of looking at what CBC says or what Russia Today says. Right. But so that's just, for example, this we're not going to even get into it because we just did it. But here's Russia's their perspective on it. Right. But here's the next. And we've got three more. And here's a third last. According to RT.com, the CIA warned Germany of a pipeline of the pipeline attack. According to Spiegel, U.S. spies allegedly told Berlin about a threat to Nord Stream, quote, weeks ago, end quote. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to touch this right uh -huh. now because this, this is, this reeks of Intel ops all over mm -hmm. the place. And it's just, have you been keeping up with like, I what's, have, okay. and it's just stacks of yeah. Intel ops on Intel ops, in my opinion. So I'm, I, I would rather wait to let this development die Absolutely. down before I gave my personal take. But just like, you know, just for example, uh, 9-11 where the intelligence agencies yeah. warned the U.S. government, Hey, there's going to be an attack. Something's going to happen with planes. You better watch out. And they're like, nah. We're, well, yeah, we won't exa do anything. exactly. Uh, and then just the quote from from Biden himself and uh, Newland, also both saying, "Well, there's gonna something is gonna happen to the Nord Stream pipeline if Russia does such and such, and right. Russia did such and such, and here we have this attack, right, or explosion, right, right, so, exactly, yeah. exactly. But of course, here's the next one: Nord Stream likely hit by remote controlled explosive <laughs> from Sky News. From September 29th, so this is just yesterday. Mines could have been planted near the pipelines by a boat or underwater drone months or even years ago, sources told the channel. Almost as if countries have different plans put in place against one another. That's basic intel counter intel. I, I this is exactly what I mean. So yeah. this could have been, it, it's, it's quite possible, absolutely. And here's just the last uh, paragraph of this article saying, according to German media, Berlin has been investigating the leaks as a deliberate attack carried out either by pro-Ukrainian forces or Russian itself in a possible false flag operation to make Kiev look bad. The incident is expected to drive energy prices even higher and exacerbate the energy crunch in Europe. Now, I'm not using, I have dozens of RT news articles, dozens of CBC, CNN to just get all the different perspectives on right. this specific event. Right. And it's fascinating about all the different angles and who benefits from something like this and the warnings that we've been receiving about the European people in France and Germany about their harsh winter that's going to be coming, food right. crisis, all that stuff. Right. So this event literally has created all of these predictions basically to come true. I 
couldn't agree more. But here we have onto the last one for you. The final <laughs> thing is that according to JerusalemPost.com, uh, we see here the 50 most influential Jews uh, are brightest stars. The Jerusalem Post 50 most influential Jews of 2022. Uh, we have, you know, Ukraine's champion Zelensky. We have Israel's prime minister. We have the, you know, uh, France's premier. We have uh, the, the entertainment industry leader. Uh, we have ne Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, wow, he's still up there in that list. Okay. Um Yes. Seeking return to Balfour. Right, right, right. The U.S. Is, right, right. So uh, global Jewish leader Ronald Lauder. So, I mean, it, what's interesting about all of this is, again, you I, I look at all of this and what I see here, to be quite honest with you folks, is a um, I, why the overall I mean, again, number 20 world Zionist leader. Uh, you know, Nobel physiologist, uh, aid to Ukraine, pioneering space women. I, I have, truth be told, I, I view it as, you know, just human, as human beings ultimately. But my, my question becomes, again, I have to be careful because of YouTube, why certain extents or degrees in which there's uh, been allowed, I guess you could say, political attributions and celebrations to be made of certain individuals as opposed to others um, has always baffled me a little bit, um, particularly pertaining to again the fact that there are certain positions held that are like is that even like a a position so and i don't mean that particularly with respects to israel i speak on this overall but this would be an example of that in my opinion um in in many different regards for these individuals here so that that's my take on that yeah um, and i just found that like this is not a conspiracy this is not anti-semitic this is straight from the jerusalem post of the 50 most influential Jews. And it was fascinating. I didn't know that Zelensky was Jewish and like, it doesn't really matter, but right. it's interesting when somebody's personal faith, I suppose, can uh, add some con uh, some context into their actions or decisions. I do find it interesting that we just have here world Zionist leader. And we also have down here, somebody, uh, Sam Grundwerg, who is a diplomat fundraiser and Zionist leader. Right. And Zionism, not in the conspiracy sense, but I assume Zionism in the actual political context of the government of Israel. Right. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. So that's that's yeah. that's where I stand on that. And, and to everyone that has uh, tagged along this entire time, thank you so very much for watching and listening. And we'll catch all of you next week for another Kraken. Right on. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody.